Thank you for tuning in to the Ask Qubit About Analytics podcast. Our mission is to make analytics practical. This is not about abstract theory, but to share true stories of how using analytics helps real-life businesses with real-life constraints make the best possible decisions to compete, grow, and thrive. I'm your host, A.G. Tan. Early in my career, when I first heard terms like integrated business planning or IBP, I remember thinking, well, isn't that what everyone does? It sounds so obvious. But today, I have a better understanding of all the complexities involved in running a business and how hard it can be to collaborate, even when you want to. Add to that the fact that we live in a time of disruption. It's not just the COVID-19 pandemic, but as businesses around the globe have been transforming for years to embrace digital technology, the pace at which business happens is increasing. Operational folks have an increasing need for timely and accurate information to keep goods and services moving. And meanwhile, the finance teams are going from doing quarterly forecasts to having to churn them out monthly, weekly, or even daily. Everyone is drowning in data, which should be a good thing, but there is less and less time to sift through that data and figure out what it's really telling you. The fact remains that companies who wrangle their data properly to integrate their planning and reporting processes so that finance, operations, and sales are moving to the same beat, these companies will outperform companies that don't. Today, we're going to talk about how understanding key performance indicators, or KPIs, understanding how they're connected across these different functions can be a first step towards true integrated planning. I am delighted to welcome today's guest, Deepak Kumar, to the Ask Cubit podcast. Deepak is an 18-year supply chain planning veteran who has designed, managed, and led supply chain-related planning processes at some of the best-known companies in the world. He's been hands-on and operational, and he's also been a strategic leader and a manager. And today, he's here to share some of his wisdom with us. Welcome, Deepak. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks, A.G. It's a pleasure to be here with you to discuss my favorite topic. I'm absolutely looking forward to connecting the dots between the important functions of growth in an organization. So in the introduction, I talked about how supply chain planning and financial planning are interdependent and must go hand in hand. So can you perhaps elaborate some more on this idea and maybe also talk about how other functions such as sales also come into it. Absolutely, A.G. Uh, before we go and discuss about interdependability, let's talk about the evolution and few components which play a significant role in an organization. The evolution of supply chain, SNOP, and subsequently IBP has helped businesses and organizations to improve processes, build optimum collaboration, coordination and information flow between different functions. I actually always use a human body as an analogy to understand the perfect coordination and orchestra among all functions. I always listen to a story where human organs had a fight in terms of trying to prove which one is more important than the other. And honestly, all organs are important and have a unique role to perform. You really can't say which one is more important than the other. 
Every organ is dedicated to performing its own functions and support the whole system by coordinating and transmitting the right information. And I think that's, it's exactly the same. And this is also true in corporate structure. The interdependence among functions is critical to organizational growth. Not only supply chain performance parameters, <coughs> excuse me, reveal useful insights about supply chain, but it also provides complementary support to all functions. And I think the reverse is also true. For example, if sales reduces the sales effort and the whole organization would see the results of it and also would probably miss growth in their revenue numbers. And similarly, if you look on the other side of the table, if supply chain is not able to support the sales and customers, then the organizations would see customer erosion. So therefore, it is very critical and important for all the functions to work in tandem and move together in the same direction. Uh, on the same line, if I really have to kind of take it to the next level, I personally think supply chain decision and operational processes has direct bearing on other functions 100%. And many companies have actually institutionalized policies around these metrics and especially around customer focused metrics very seriously. Uh, even though finance is responsible to track and report KPIs to ensure that every resource is effectively utilized, I think SC supply chain team tracks various KPIs to ensure that every dollar is well spent and impacts positively to the organization's bottom line. And as you rightly said, you really need all function to support each other and they are truly interdependent. Did I answer your question? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, and I really um, like your analogy of the human body because I'm sitting here grinning to myself and sort of thinking, you know, I wonder who would, you know, like corporate finance might say, we are the brain and we are the most important, you know, and sales is just the kidneys, you know, but if you take out your kidneys, you're still dead, right? So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So all the organs are, have to perform their own individual role and as well as support the other, you know, again, it's, it's a complete value chain which has to follow. Yes, 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 absolutely. And, um, and you know, it's just an interesting um, analogy also because of that collaboration aspect, right? Because, you know, human nature is such that sometimes if things are not going well, you know, people will blame the others, but, you know, it doesn't help the brain to blame the kidneys or vice versa, right? Um, and the same is also true for an organization. So that's why I thought that was a really good analogy. Thank you. So can you share one or two examples of the kinds of um, KPIs you're talking about? Yeah, thanks, AJ. I think this is a perfect segue to talk about KPIs and extension of what we were just talking about. If you look from a financial statement, all three financial statements, the income revenue statement, the balance sheet, and the cash flow statement are all an important measure to reflect organizational health. Uh, on the other hand, uh, traditionally supply chain was considered a cost but implementation of best practices in supply chain uh, has actually helped reduce operating cost, improve operational efficiencies, improve customer satisfaction, and drive better financial performance. So supply chain KPIs and performance parameters can actually be broadly divided into four big buckets. You know, I, I know you talked about one or uh, share a few examples, but when I look at supply chain KPIs and the, the impact they have, I, I, you know, I'm kind of uh, forced to think from a different bucket. So 
So the first one is the customer and order specific, which can vary based on the industry. And, but I also might include, for example, the OTIF, the on time in full, the number of returns or refunds in a, for a retail industry, cash to cash cycle and other similar uh, performance metrics. The idea here is to understand and align on the various performance measure to continually seek improvement and, and, and make our returns better. The second big bucket would be inventory specific KPIs, which includes uh, measures such as carrying cost of inventory, days of supply, inventory turns, inventory to sales ratio, etc. And the third can be uh, uh, from manufacturing and production related KPIs or, or performance metric. Now, some of them are uh, asset utilization, the return on capital invested, and other manufacturing specific KPIs, which helps in unpeeling all of the act activities which goes in the manufacturing world and really see the uh, return on every dollar spent well in, uh, in the manufacturing space. And finally, the transportation or the logistics specific KPIs, which helps in understanding the total logistics cost and the areas where things can be improved or even the cost can be minimized. So, I, so if you take a step back now, I would say the supply chain overall policies impact working capital, working all three financial statements. The other important evolution, which is also helping many organizations in this journey is the use of a single enterprise planning, integrated planning platform. Now this has really, uh, I would say exponentially supported uh, data availability among different functions in an organization to drive alignment on not only on reporting, but also on planning structures, including scenario-based financial analysis. So as, as we were talking earlier, all the parts needs to move smoothly and aspire for continuous improvement to see results in the bottom line of an organization. Now, lastly, before I kind of wrap up on this question, now, as you know, uh, supply chain is having a tremendous impact to the financial statement. And given that uh, it's really impacting the yearly bonuses of executives and employees more and more companies now are paying attention to supply chain areas. Supply chain leaders and other business leaders are looking for these metrics plus others such as gross margin return on investment to balance optimization and business growth and sync supply chain strategy and performance to business strategy overall. So I love how you described um, those examples and the tie-in of the supply chain KPIs to the financial statements. And the thing that I'm, I'm trying to articulate this, and I'll, I'm gonna give it a shot here. So sometimes when people think about financial, you know, KPIs, you know, whatever, net income, gross margin percent, and, and so on, you know, sometimes they think of it as, as a report card, you know, um, if we hit this number, you'll get your bonus kind of a thing, right? Um, but when it comes to the uh, supply chain KPIs, it's really not as valuable to think of them as a report card, but instead as a way to frankly understand what's really going on in a business and figure out if you're improving, right? So, so they have to drive action. I think that's what I'm trying to get to. 
that the purpose of this whole exercise is not just to know how you're doing, which, well, is obviously valuable, but then to take that information and take action to do something about it, right? You know, so, you know, sometimes the KPI may not be going in the direction that you want. That doesn't mean you want to fire your whole supply chain team, right? What it means is that you have to look holistically at what's going on and what you're doing and see if you can correct it. And then hopefully the KPI will show you have corrected it. Um, is that making any sense at all? Yeah, it does. It does. And absolutely, I think we are on, all, on the same track. You know, investors are not only connect, concerned about top line metrics, as you rightly said, but they're also looking at other metrics, which does reflect organizational strength and continuous improvement. And I think to your point, right, which you were just talking about, the supply chain metric uh, uh, always provides that additional level of details in terms of how the business is really trending and how what the real health of the business is. For example, when you're talking about the inventory specific KPI as inventory turns, right? So how frequently are you turning the inventory? That really talks about three things. One, if you're high, if you have high days of stock or high uh, low inventory turns, one is that you're basically your you're holding the wrong mix of inventory versus what you are selling to the customer. Secondly, you're probably holding too much of inventory, uh, which you may not sell uh, within the next reasonable span of time. And or the third is that you're not having a very strong demand plan uh, analysis to support your planning. And right, so therefore there is a fundamental uh, miss uh, uh, in the organization. And when you start tracking that particular KPI over the course of quarters and years, you will really see, uh, because when you start tracking any KPI, you start seeing results or improvements or actions or call to action specific to make those metrics improve. And that's when you start seeing the imp real impact with the financial statements. Now that, that makes perfect sense. And this then ties into the other thing that you talked about, which is having a, a, an integrated planning platform, right? so that all the data is in one place. And sometimes people forget about time. You know, sometimes people will say, oh, you know, I can just hire more analysts and they can go off and do more stuff in spreadsheets. But the reality is that, you know, at the speed at which business is happening today, there's no number of analysts that's going to be able to produce the immediacy that's needed for this level of tracking to be effective, right? You, you know, if you're going to be able to operate at the speed that you need to, you have to have technology underpinnings to support it. Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, uh, last year was obviously a new, uh, which kind of really set the new normal stage. But uh, there are times when you have to take supply chain trade-off decisions and those really impact the financial performance. And, and, and uh, in the supply chain world, uh, when you start syncing the supply chain strategy with the business strategy, and when you start looking at the supply chain triangle, which talks about the cash, the cost and the service leadership uh, uh, objective, I think that's when you start really looking down, you know, in terms of what are the areas which is impacting uh, uh, other functions. And to your point, absolutely. I think the integrated planning platform uh, provides that flexibility and the real time data analysis and scenario planning to take those immediate steps to mitigate some of the risk and support opportunities in growth. 
Now you've already alluded to how difficult it is, what an effort it is in terms of time and coordination for the kinds of cross-functional collaboration that we're talking about to happen. And after all, if finance is tracking the KPIs, but no one operational ever acts on the story that they tell, you know, as we discussed, it's not very useful, is it? But, but clearly it's valuable if you do it right. So do you have any advice to anyone who would like to see more of this happening where they work, but they aren't really sure, you know, what the effort would be or, or how to even get started? Yes, A.G., uh, uh, I think I'm a very st a strong supporter of the phrase, the whole is greater than the sum of parts. And this is true in terms of supply chain and finance integration, not only between these two functions, but also among other functions in the corporate. The more closely these team works, the better is the outcome for the organization. So I think when I look at it uh, uh, in terms of what are the few things to look at, I would say there are two things. The first is, as, as companies are evolving more and more in digital space, it becomes important to invest in technology and tools to support, I, I would say three things. The first is the cross-functional collaboration, which we talked about how it, important it is for real-time data analysis and scenario planning and having that data flow between departments and functions. The second, develop capabilities to support data-driven decision-making. And thirdly, a, to have a control mechanism leading to a better cost and revenue management. So I think that's, that's very important in terms of investing in the technology and tools. Now, this investment needs to be focused on forward-looking technologies, such as planning platforms, you know, machine learning, artificial intelligence, uh, descriptive analytics, and digital twins experience. Now, even though some of them are uh, right now at a very infancy phase and some of them have evolved over the course of last decade or so, but I think we have seen uh, the more you invest in the technology, the better is, is the, uh, the immersive experience which the uh, employees and the customer of an organization can feel. Now this is, uh, we have seen this uh, really uh, exercising a, or probably to a greater extent has been implemented in, in medical and military sector, you know, where we have seen a blend between the physical and digital world. The second thing is, I would like to talk about the agility. You talked about uh, the last year, how uh, it was a very unprecedented, uh, uh, the whole COVID situation impacted all of the organizations and, uh, and the customers. So, so last year, given that this was unprecedented, and as we settled with new normal, Agility in supply chain, it will prove to make a difference and provide the competitive advantage. Based on some of the research, which I was reading earlier on, agile companies typically offer higher service level to their customers with lower inventory level. So that's a very interesting point that, you know, they are able to offer a higher service level with lower inventory levels in, the, in, in their organization. And I think that can be strengthened and built by adopting latest technologies and automation, along with real-time data analysis, as we were talking about earlier, and scenario planning to manage disruptions. So I think just to summarize, you know, uh, I would say technology adoption, along with the continuous process improvement, would help organizations to define success and assist in faster and effective decision-making. 
Yeah, so it, so it's a difficult problem, right? And you mentioned two things, right? You mentioned, um, you know, the cross-functional work. And so, you know, simplistically, it's, um, is, is the sales forecast for how much you're going to sell the same as what the manufacturing people know that they're supposed to make, for example, right? Is that the same as, as what the finance people are um, um, projecting in their revenue forecast? Are all of these things coordinated or are they all happening sort of independently and separately? You know, so organizations for which they're playing, you know, singing the same song and everybody's like working to the same numbers, you know, I mean, intuitively, you would think that they would do better than ones where everybody's doing everything independently, right? Because you can imagine some conflicts coming up along the way. Um, I, 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 that, that's how I think about the cost, you know, an example of the cross-functional um, planning. Is, is that a fair um, analogy? Yes, it is absolutely. And I think, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's more uh, to support each other and also, uh, it's more about uh, when you look at the relay race in a, in a, in a, in a 4 by 100 or 4 by 400, the smoothness or the seamless transition of the baton from one person, from one athlete to another athlete is, is kind of a, a perfect analogy when I look at it, right, in terms of having that uh, one cross-functional integrated planning platform where the information flow is seamless and then it's, it can move back and forth. Now, obviously, in the relay race, it cannot go back and forth. But uh, in the in our in our world, we can have that uh, luxury of sharing the information back and forth. Yeah. So um, you know, I, I love watching track and field in, in the Olympics and you know the World Championships, and and those relays are, are pretty amazing. I, I I think that is a good analogy. And the planning platform, you know, frankly, it's it's like the the running track, right? It, it's having that nice clean lane, and you know that you're racing along that lane and you've got the direction that you're going in. Um, now, obviously you can have the best running track on the world, but if the team is not coordinated and collaborating well, and they go off and drop the baton, then the whole thing is gonna fall apart. So it really needs to be a sort of human technology partnership, wouldn't you say? Yes, absolutely. I think, I think that's a great alignment and I, yeah, I'm aligned on that. You know, and of course you can't run the relay race well if you don't have a good running track, right? So that, that is a prerequisite, um, but it's not, you know, it's a necessary you know, requirement, but it's not sufficient, right? The humans have to play their part too. Yeah, and I think that just to add to that point, right, the agility, which I was talking about earlier, uh, because of um, the new normal itself is, is an important uh, competitive advantage which most many organizations are working towards. And this platform, the planning platform itself provides that uh, uh, competitive advantage to organizations. Yeah, no, great discussion. Thank you so much, Deepak. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks a lot, AJ. It was a pleasure to be here with you uh, on the podcast and thank you for inviting me. Thank you for tuning in to the Ask Qubit About Analytics podcast. Do stay in touch. You can email us at info at qubit.com or check out past episodes and transcripts at qubit.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, take care. Thank you.